Hello, everyone. This is your normal co-host, Vito, talking to you just to prepare you for the episode you're going to hear. So we originally did this live episode for Logan on our Facebook page in collaboration with PodBcom, now the Podcasters Collective on Facebook. And after we ended our 45-minute slot, we had a ton more to say. So this is the live episode, and then the rest of our discussion kind of tacked in at the end. Uh, we are releasing this on our main feed, and we hope you really enjoy it. We had a ton of fun being live, you know, spontaneous. So let us know if you like this type of recording, and we can do it again more. Anyway, enjoy the episode. Live? I think we are live right now. Yeah, yeah we, we are, are live. live. Hey, cheers, everybody. All right. Cheers, cheers, everyone. All right, How you doing? cheers. Cheers. So, I got coffee. I guess to welcome everyone in, we are not your father's movies. I'm Vito. I'm Mike. And I'm Jesse. And we are the dad fathers coming at you with some Wolverine rage energy. It's yeah. rage. It's for sure it's rage. What <laughs> <laughs> we, to introduce ourselves a little bit to those that might not know us, we are a podcast. We are three dads. We're here to talk about the elusive genre of dad movies. And it's kind of difficult talking about dad movies because there's things that you think of. You think of, well, maybe there's that time that I watched The Fugitive with my dad on TNT. Ooh. It was 1999. I was five, maybe too young. <laughs> <laughs> Might have gone a bit over your head. Exactly. Or maybe you think of a dad movie as going to the cinema to see the latest Marvel movie with your dad. You're a teenager. You're there with your friends. Maybe your dad isn't cool enough to be there with you, but you appreciated he was. What other hmm. examples can you think of? Star Wars, Star, for sure. I, I mean, going Star to Wars and cinema. Star Trek. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Both the TV shows and the movies. Basically, what we have done is in our conversations with each other, we have found a lot of commonalities, a lot of movies that we all loved as kids and their connection to our dads. But going forward with our own kids, we are trying to figure out what the new roster is. We know the classics. We know what those are. We know the Jurassic Parks. We know the Indiana Joneses. Heck, we, we even know the Casablancas, okay? But for the movies that have come out in the last 21 years since the turn, what are the new ones? That's what we aim to talk about here on our show. And for this episode, we're covering Logan. Right? Logan. Logan. Yeah, Wolverine, basically. The conclusion Except not the of Wolverine. Wolverine. Not the Wolverine, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're talking about Logan, the conclusion of Hugh Jackman's role as Wolverine, uh, a role that originated way, way back when we were all just kids watching that original X-Men movie. When was that, like 2004? It's like 2000. Really? Yeah, that, 2000, 2000, because it comes after Spider-Man, yeah. which I we, think, we've covered. I think X-Men is 99. No. You know, yeah, you, know really? what, you know what could solve this is a quick Google search, but no, no, no. in traditional no, dad no. fashion, we're saying <laughs> no. it's, it's, it's a 99 to 2002, somewhere in there. You just got to express it with confidence and then, you know, it's true. 99. <laughs> Boldly go. Yeah. <laughs> so, but we've been watching Hugh Jackman be Wolverine for forever, basically. And in our conversations about Logan and everything that we've done, we need to talk about it. He's been with us as our dad for a long time. So we got Logan. We're here talking about it. Maybe uh, 
I don't know, Jesse, you got some housekeeping you want to do for us? I guess I do. Um, so uh, why are we doing Logan? So Abita already mentioned we're doing Logan because it's one of the more recent movies. It, it is not your father's movie in a lot of ways, right? It's, it's a very much our movie. It's based off of the 99 X-Men that we all grew up with. Um, and uh, it's action-y. It's superheroes. It's kind of Western. It's everything that you, that I think of when I think of dad movie. Um, and additionally, it belongs almost like personally to us, uh, especially to all three of us. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, totally. But it also kind of fits in, in that category of not really your father's. This is a pretty gory and violent movie. Like there's a lot of brutality going on in it. Um, we've got kind of uh, the deconstruction of Logan going on of Wolverine. He's kind of, I mean, he's reaching the end of his, uh, his, his tenure um, mm -hmm. and uh, a whole, this whole world that we kind of grew up in and watching. I mean, I, I know for myself, X-Men is one of my favorite comics um, or, or comic worlds uh, for sure. You know, it's, uh, it's coming to an end. The people who played these roles are kind of stepping out of them and, um, the movie's very much about that. Yeah, in a kind of a weird way, it's it's the one of the dying gasps of the Fox X-Men universe before it, it sort of moves into whatever we're going to see with, within the MCU, which is the other sort of established property that as comic fans, we have already known the X-Men play a really instrumental part of, and that's just not been a part of the conversation since the MCU was started in 2008 with Iron Man. And it's it's a it's a weird goodbye. It's It's sad. And it, it's kind of a goodbye also to a little bit of an industry. You know, there's always like yeah. the competition between an, an MCU movie or one of these Marvel um, quote unquote X-Men movies that would come out and play in competition with those. And I always remember loving going to the cinema and seeing like one and then the other one and being like, wow, it's so crazy that the, if these two things that are happening at the same time in the same world are just not acknowledging each other at all. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of I, I will. I think I will quibble with you just a little bit. You said this is the last gasp and this is more like I said, I said one of the dying gasps, one of the dying. Gasps. <laughs> this is the last like rage shout. And then the Dark Phoenix is the last gasp. That's right. That's the death rattle. <laughs> or maybe it's New Mutants. I kind of don't even <laughs> want to talk about that. <laughs> We're here to talk about Logan. Um, so who is in this movie, Beto? So it, this comes at us from a renowned dad director. Uh, I think a lot of our dads already like him, and I think all of us are primed to like him. It's, it's James Mangold. Uh, he's brought us before previous dad classics like Cop Car, sorry, not Cop Car, uh, Copland, and 310 to Yuma, and uh, recently 4V Ferrari. Um, oh yeah, this guy works yeah. and, and appeals to a very distinct market share of which we all belong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just that he markets directly to us. He's just like, you like cars? Well, here's this movie about cars, and you like, you like, like cops? Here's this movie about cops. You like, like dudes with claws that shoot out of their fists? Well, here you go. I've done here's... two of them. <laughs> But what's always fun about James Mangold is he always finds a way to sort of twist it and turn it on its head. It's never a straight down the middle thing. There's always some kind of interesting subtext, something else going on. Um, that's the director. And of course, here it's starring Hugh Jackman, our renowned, beloved Wolverine, who no matter what else he does in his career, maybe only ever known for this role primarily. 
It's he's done it so much. <laughs> he screams so good. <laughs> he looks jacked as hell. <laughs> it's Hugh Jackman. He's a huge Jack jacked man. He's the huge yeah. jacked man. Yeah, yeah. huge Jack. That's right. Yeah, and it's actually been. He, it really shows that he's the greatest showman because he's been able to convince all of us that he's Wolverine this entire time when really he just wants to sing and dance. That's all he wants to do. <laughs> he, wants to do. Uh, he really pulled the wool over our eyes with that prestige. <laughs> Ooh, oh wow this is, this is really amazing it's almost like we should I'm, do a new segment where we try and introduce people just through puns <laughs> that's not too I'm bad down. that's no it's bad it's bad enough for me yeah it's true i'm groaning inside yeah uh and then and on the outside we have uh we have some good stand like good old hollywood standbys here we have rest in peace uh how hallbrook playing like the vet in like a tiny tiny role who saves mm. wolverine who just recently oh, passed yeah. 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 Um, and we have uh, Boyd Holbrook, uh, of which I have not found any relation between the two in my research, which is really interesting. But you know him from from quite a few things, usually playing like a scuzzy asshole. <laughs> I don't know a better way to say it. And, and, and in this movie, honestly, when I finished watching it, I was like, wow, Boyd Holbrook did such a good job at irritating the hell out of me. Like I was so annoyed by his face every time I saw him. It was a great performance, but dang. Um, we have Patrick Stewart here reprising his role, and for the I, maybe the last time, I'm not sure. Yeah, it's kind of hard to believe that Professor X could exist uh, in you know in movie form without it being played by Sir Patrick Stewart, but I think it's going to have to happen. Yeah, I, I like I like James McAvoy in this mm -hmm. space, but I mm -hmm. they're very yeah. different. They're very different styles of of Charles Xavier, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know Patrick Stewart because he's he's Captain Picard, you know. Just speaking of Star Trek, he draws the line here, here, no further. <laughs> yeah, and that way Patrick Stewart is like the bridge of of dad generations. He's he's able to appeal to a lot of people. Oh yeah, he's been yeah. Whereas McAvoy has like he's just got a wild energy that I think he really fits in with Split. But like. I need a captain. I want a captain as Professor X, and I got that with Patrick Stewart. I was so happy with him through all these years. Yeah, yeah. as he as he slowly got shinier and balder, which I did not <laughs> think was possible. Although he's not really completely bald in this one, which was it's weird. True. There's there's a yeah. little bit enough there's, to like there's hair enough to make him look yeah. disheveled. Yeah, like yeah. he's been yeah. shaving and or waxing for decades, yeah. and has just not been able to now. <laughs> yeah, uh, and finally, rounding out our cast of of people that I think we're going to be discussing, uh, I got two. I got Richard E. Grant, who is sort of the big bad uh, director guy, who's just a, a longtime favorite of mine. I love seeing Richard E. Grant pop up. Um, he's had my allegiance ever since I saw Withnall and I, and I was just I'm really happy that he's kind of coming back into Hollywood in a bigger way, like through this and through uh, Can You Ever Forgive Me. Um, I really want a renaissance for Richard E. Grant because I feel like I feel like in this role he could have had a little bit more to do than just speechify until someone was getting ready until someone kills him <laughs> basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's kind of weird. He's a very odd villain. He just comes out of nowhere. And it's like, Oh, I guess you're the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. He comes out of nowhere and then leaves really quickly. Yeah. Um, and then the other one I wanted to mention is, is playing our mutant Caliban is uh, oh, Stephen yeah. merchant. Big one. A wild casting out of all the casting in this, that is the most wild thing <laughs> as a fan of like the British office and a lot of the writing that Steven Merchant has done, especially with Ricky Gervais, it was really strange seeing on the credits and Steve Merchant. I'm like, why is huh. he here? 
I don't. He's know. an albino. Tracks <laughs> mutants. A vampire. He's a, he's a vampire. That's right. He, he's no, no, no. He, he's a glorified truffle pig. He's a glorified truffle he's a glorified pig. Truffle pig. <laughs> I, I just, I, I wonder two things. Uh, number one, who thought that he had the correct energy to do this? And they were right. Yeah. And number two, why would he want to do this? Yeah. And that's something I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm so happy it happened. I love oh, Caliban. Yeah. Caliban is the such light. a great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's perfect too. Yeah. Oh yeah. gosh. Yeah. Maybe they just wanted him because, as he says, you know, he, re he references uh, Nosferatu himself, yeah. and he does have that with the cloak and the the, the, the sack and the way he just hides. <laughs> Sometimes looks like a Tuscan raider when he's out there in the sunlight. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much all I had though for casting crew that I think is going to be instrumental to our conversation anyway, yeah. or at least informative mm -hmm. anyway. Um, I just want to say really quick. So this is this uh, conversation is going to contain spoilers for the movie Logan. Um, if yeah. you've been uh, religiously avoiding spoilers for this movie that came out four years ago, um, be aware good that for you. that good for, you, <laughs> good for you. Good job. Good job in doing that. And this is going to include those spoilers that you've avoided. So you might want to <laughs> avoid this. And it's it's really I, I commend you too for wanting to come and watch a live stream podcast. <laughs> Where the banner says "Not Your Father's Movies" talks Logan twenty seventeen and have stayed this long. Yeah, thank you. I don't, I don't know what you're out for, but I hope you enjoy it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. It would really suck for those people though, who suddenly have to hear about everything <laughs> that the movie is after avoiding it for all this time. It would be so tragic. It was all tragic. a dream. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I think, so what we usually do in our show is after a little preamble, you know, this is not your father's movies. We're here to talk about dad movies. Then we sort of introduce the movie. We talk a little bit about who's in it because that's important to us. And what we move on from there into is if it's a new movie, we'll talk about first impressions. And if it's an older movie, which this kind of barely qualifies as older, then we talk about some of our nostalgia. Um, and I think we're going to do both of those things mm -hmm. here. Jesse, did you have some sort of nostalgia or first impression you wanted to share. Yeah. Um, so basically this came out in 2017. That was right as I was hating on every single superhero movie and thought they were all a waste of my time uh, because they were all, they all felt like a giant long TV show. And it's like, I didn't want to spend hours and hours keeping up with this. Um, and then like out of nowhere, uh, this movie comes out. And I didn't, I didn't see it in theaters um, because, again, I was against all superhero movies. So someone told me this was different, and this was a conclusion to the X Men movies that I had known and loved. So I, I saw it, and um, and I was kind of blown away because it wasn't just another superhero movie. This wasn't, um, this wasn't an episode in a series. This was. This was like a movie that said, we are a conclusion to everything. And also we're going to throw away all the bits that we don't care about. Um, but we're going to build on the things that we do, uh, that we do care about. We're going to talk about Logan and his relationship to the X-Men and how he's lost them and how he saved the world a thousand times. And he's been a big failure apparently because the world is basically post-apocalyptic in this movie. It's really dark. Um, it's a terrible place to live. And, it blew, it blew me away that there could be a superhero movie about this guy uh, that I cared so much about uh, kind of as a, as a superhero and instead like gave him an existential crisis to face, which is like, shoot, where do I belong in this world? Should I exist? 
like it's not even that this guy's depressed which he totally is he's like struggling to find the re the meaning for his existence um when he's failed at at the essence of being a hero uh so i immediately fell in love with that um and then there was of course it there's a uh, a lot of gore probably too much but it <laughs> adds so much weight to this movie a weight that i hadn't seen in any x-men movie or mcu movie um that it really made me care about the action for the first time in years. Um, so those were my first impressions and thoughts about Logan. Like I, I immediately loved it. I loved this conclusion. I loved everything it did. It seemed to have the same struggle with superhero movies that I did. And it reached out to me and, uh, and I loved it. How about uh, you, Mike? Yeah. Um, so I actually, I was actually one of those who, who pretty studiously avoided uh, spoilers for a long time. I, I slept on this movie um, and watched it, I don't know, maybe a, a couple months ago for the first time. Um, we were in quarantine and so that allowed me to... Uh, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just a couple months ago. Uh, so being in quarantine, I was able to uh, finally catch up on all the... <laughs> All the things that I missed, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's including Logan. It's wild. Um, but uh, yeah, man, I thought it was so cool. Wolverine has always been one of my favorite characters, and um, you know, I the the comics that I've liked the most. Not that I'm you know a, the the go to reference point for that, but the comics that I've always loved the most are the ones that take him and put him in real danger. Um, ones where he actually dies or something like that. I've read some some of the old man Logan comics too and so those are uh, bizarre yeah i was really really excited to to see this i i mean his character is so cool because he, he can't die you know so much of the time yeah um mm -hmm. and so there's this struggle of like you know how how do you keep on living and and he's got this rage that's inside of him um but he's also kind of like this cool like badass you know he's like yeah i'm friggin' logan you know i can go and and mess people up. But like Jesse said too, I mean, what this movie did, I, so I've always liked him. I've liked him in the movies. Um, Hugh Jackman has been Wolverine for 20 years. Um, and, uh, and this one takes that and kind of turns it on its head, gives us some stakes that we've never really seen in any superhero movie and gives it a reality like, that again, we've never really seen. Like yeah. this is a brutal movie where, you know, Logan himself is doing some pretty crazy things, but we've got kids um, that are fighting for their lives and and uh, really brutally killing people because that's what they need to yeah, do. One, one, to one girl, survive. one girl makes a guy pop like a balloon. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's yeah. crazy stuff that you're seeing here. Um, and that was, uh, in a certain way, like almost the horrific core of it um, made it better. Uh, <clears throat> even if it, it might be a little over the top. It's such a departure. Yeah, yeah. And, and that was refreshing. I remember when I when I went to go see this, I did see it in theaters. I was very, very excited. Um, I've always been almost like a religious seer of these movies in theaters when I can. Uh, I've missed very few, and I was so happy walking out of this one because it was finally the Wolverine that we always wanted to see. It was finally what we recognize from the comics and what we just, we just extrapolated in our logical brains and said, yeah, there's a guy who has th six adamantium claws. And for some reason, he only ever uses them to stab people. There's only <laughs> ever stabbing. 
There's no, there's no decapitations. There's no dismemberment. And so when you finally see it, there's, there's this like pent up, you know, 17 years we've been watching this thing. <laughs> and it's so nice when you're finally like, yes, that's what it would look like. It's like, it's like if you've only ever seen gray and you're like, I know there's other colors. There's gotta be. And you finally see another color. You go, oh yes. But you're also kind of like, this is why they didn't do it for 17 years because yeah. we wouldn't have continued seeing it for yes. 17 years. We would have seen the yeah. first one and been like, I've seen it now yep. and I don't need to see any more. Yep. Also, also, you can't have a character kill people in the most brutal way or ways possible and then and then not show any character change. Like that is yeah. how most superhero movies work. It's like, oh, they do their action, but at the end of the day, they don't fundamentally change. And here it's like, oh, now you're seeing why he's such a broken man. It's because he's had to do this to thousands of people or chosen to done it for hundreds uh, of years. <laughs> yeah. But he doesn't yeah. remember like most of that. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah. And that, that's really my nostalgia. My first impressions of it. I was just so happy to finally see the Wolverine in, in its full light. And I think that it was such a, it was such a masterstroke to really finally show that completely show that whole, the arc that he has that he's always had in every movie that he's ever had is go through like, Oh, I don't care about anyone. Everyone sucks. I won't help you to, all right, I'll defend you. Uh, but this one is the final capstone. And I thought that it was beautiful that for the final one, all the stops are pulled. Yeah. No more punches yeah. are being pulled at mm -hmm. all. Everything is on the screen for you to see. So I think maybe going forward, we should move into favorite scenes. Mm -hmm. uh, who would like to go for that one? Uh, I, I can go first. Unless, okay. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of really cool scenes in this movie. Um, I think most of the fight scenes are some of my favorite fight scenes I've ever seen, but I'm going to go, I'm going to kind of zag on that um, and go for something that isn't a fight scene in a movie. That's like just a ton of different fight scenes. I'm going to say my favorite scene is when Logan walks into uh, the, the big shell that's encapsulating uh, <laughs> Professor X, Charles Xavier, um, and you don't really know why he's yeah. he's in this yeah. this big like it's like a an old fact shut down factory south of the border. Yeah. Um, and I, the reason why I mean it's it's kind of funny, but it's also really sad. Charles Xavier is clearly like he's got dementia or something like a that. Really severe degenerative brain yeah, disease. Yeah, that that's what you find out later. Is it's severe degenerative brain disease and, and that he has to be kept in this 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 place they're keeping him here so that he can't hurt people um but just the way it's filmed it's so beautiful there's uh there's cracks all through it and so the light the hot desert sun is shining through in these cracks that almost little look holes. like stars these yeah. little holes that make it look like stars and it's just some of the most beautiful like shots of these two characters these two sort of like touchstones of reality um, and of uh, of of um, just the X Men world that uh, that we've been dwelling in, but they they're so broken, they're so broken, but they're still struggling to take care of one another. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so so it's that and the stars and sort of this this idea of the hope that um, Professor X has always embodied. He has lived his life with this hope of like finding a place for the mutants to live. And Wolverine has always kind of embodied sort of the opposite of that, the cynical, like, we're never going to be, we're never going to have this place in the world. Um, and it's also, you know, this, this really sort of sad um, reflection of Cerebro, 
which is what Professor X used to find all the mutants, his his machine, his which, gizmo. Yeah, yeah, his gizmo that he yeah. used to find all, all, all the other mutants and bring them all to his school. Um, so I thought that that was just yeah. like, oh, just a, a dramatic encapsulation of the entire story um, yeah. and those two characters. And remember how um, in Cerebro in the, the earlier movies, I think they started out as little points of light and then they... Yeah. Uh, whenever he would try to view other mutants and those images of those mutants would come crashing down, but they started out as stars kind of like you see in this movie yeah. in this giant canister. Only, only they're all gone. We're left yeah. with holes just, um, yeah. but I Ooh, love the yeah. fact the holes in here still have light pouring through them. There's still somehow hope through these, these terrible holes that the world has left. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what about you? What, what, what's your favorite favorite scene? Uh, my favorite scene is a fight scene, but not because it's a fight scene. Um, <laughs> or at least it's not because I'm like, yeah, wasn't it so cool when he killed that guy that one time? Uh, <laughs> no, it is. It's the opening. It's the opening credit <clears throat> fight. <clears throat> because I remember I remember seeing that this movie is going to be different in the trailers. I remember seeing that the R rating was really surprising in all the interviews. Like, this isn't Logan, as you've ever seen him before. But... That opening fight, you know, he's he's sleeping in a limo, in his limo that he leases to drive people around because that's his job. Yeah, and he's sleeping in there with his shoes on, also, which is which is another kind of sadness. Uh, but it's this: the guys start to these gangsters start to try and steal his his tires, and trying to get the lugs off. And he gets out of the car and he comes over and in classic Wolverine fashion, like maybe I don't have to kill these guys. He says. Hey, you're gonna strip the lugs that way. The chrome's gonna flake off. All right, it's a lease. Don't even, and they just shoot him. And it's while he's on the ground in the dirt, all scuzzed up and dirty and old and bleeding, that the title card says Logan. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's such it's such a beautiful introduction. And then he gets up, and you're like, okay, well he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna mess him up. That's just what's gonna happen. You mess with Wolverine, you get the claws, right? And he does, but he gets the crap beaten out of him first, and it takes him forever. And like and the one claw, it doesn't come all the way out. All, you're like, this <laughs> yeah. is going to be a different movie. Like, yeah, this is yeah. And that's also the first time that we see uh, an arm fly. And the moment yeah. that arm comes off, it's it's all all mayhem just breaks loose. Yeah. yeah, and that's when he when he like when you really see that he does have less patience than he used to have, and he does get just as angry, but his rage is a little bit less effective than it used to be. Just like everything about him is just less effective. And it it really set the, the the stage for what's to come. I really love that about it. Yeah. What about you, Jesse? Um, well, also to comment on your scene just a little bit, like I love the fact that it starts out kind of funny. Like he's he's kind of wisecracking at the beginning, and then, <laughs> then he just screams and just takes people's arms off. That's when you're like, oh, that's what's different. This is definitely different. Yeah. Um, this is unlike any. Like it was kind of leaning that way, and then suddenly the arm cut literally just fly off. Yeah, um, and then and then the next guy gets the claws through the bottom of his mouth and you see them in his mouth. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's yeah. Crazy. It's, it's crazy. It's beautiful. It's also really sad. Uh, it's, it's well, like it's not beautiful. Man. It's like it's fulfilling to finally see this happen. Um there's a there's a beauty to to yes. the choreography. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh but also like you just realize, oh this person that I really liked for 20 plus years is actually a brutal murderer. I guess I kind of knew this. I've just never seen it. I've never seen him rip someone apart, you know, no. even though I've seen them suggest that 
uh, I've never actually witnessed the animal savagery with, with mine own eyes. Yeah. 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 I love that scene. I think that's my second favorite scene. Um, but my first favorite scene, I guess it's not even really a scene. It's the entire middle sequence at the farm. Um, nice. Like the, the callback to, to the Western Shane. Um, because it's basically the same storyline of this stranger coming into these homesteaders home, right? Uh, who are trying to make a living on the farm and they're trying to be, and they're being like pushed out by, by the guy who actually owns the land supposedly, or is legally fighting them. And they, yeah, unjustly. So, and then, uh, Wolverine helps them out. But in this case, uh, <laughs> instead of the movie Shane where everything works out happy in the end, because Logan is there, all hell breaks loose and everybody dies. Literally yeah. everybody. Uh, including yeah. including Charles Xavier, which had... Uh, that that made me tear up. It made me really... Oh, like, yeah. he just, when he's laying in bed and he's talking about how this is the most perfect night he's had in a long time, um, and then he remembers what, what he did, that he killed the entire X-Men team, yeah. um, and then he just looks at who he thinks is Logan, but isn't. It's his rage clone. Um, he just looks at him and says, I, I understand you now. And then he gets stabbed to the chest um, by yeah. the rage of Wolverine. It's by, so by, by, X, by X-24. X24. Yeah, and that's, yeah. What's, that's what's really sad, too, about Professor X's ending, even though, even though it's kind of clear that maybe it wouldn't really matter to Logan if he's understood. He doesn't really seem to care about being understood. But the... That speech, I wonder what would actually have happened to him because they still have a beautiful moment when he does take Professor X down and he just mentions the boat. He just, you know, Professor X is just dreaming about their boat that they're going to get together. Yeah. And what's the name of the boat? Is it like Sun? The Sun, Sun Seeker? Finder? The Sun Seeker. Sun Seeker. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The finder, like the finder of light, the finder of hope. Like that's, yeah. that's his last message to Logan in a nutshell. Yeah. Absolutely. Just look for hope. And um, I kind of actually kind of like that a little bit too, because a lot of times, you know, when 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 dads pass or when people that we care about pass, we don't really get we we don't get that neat perfect bow of mm -hmm. understanding everything that was going on with them. Sometimes you you are left with just a, a a message that's deeply personal but can feel incomplete. And I think that's yeah. what Wolverine is wrestling with after that that burial scene. And it's it's both like one of the most heartbreaking and funniest things in this movie at the same time. Yeah. It's when he destroys his truck. And then passes out. Yeah, and just passes and out from the rage. Just like, and then also, like, I'm just going to point out that, like, for a dude having an existential crisis, uh, to realize that a clone of his rage is the thing that killed his father. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> that is like the worst of all possible possibilities for someone like that. Um, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, it's really sad. Um, and, and it's like, one... and the people who cloned him, like, like it's the same people who had made him who he was and who he had fought to destroy and that they're back and nothing that he did mattered and all of it, all of it's falling apart. Yeah. And then, and then in a microcosm, you have Logan's storyline in Caliban um, in this scene too. Like the guy, the guy who's like, who you kind of like because he's a jerk, but he's also kind of a bad guy and has a history of being a villain. Um, yeah. and, but he, he dies, he dies in a self-sacrificial manner that makes him a hero, 
but was ultimately worthless. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it's uh, such like an X-Men ending too. Like, like that's just straight out of the comics sort of thing. Like that kind of inconsequential explode, like literal explosion. Like, yeah. But where the light? Boom. And the only two people, so cool. the only two people that survive are the two people it was like intended to kill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's like Logan's life at this point, right? He saved the world and saved the X-Men team so many times. All the other movies that we've seen that he, where he has sacrificed himself never mattered. And that is yeah. also the death of Caliban. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, but that's a good at the end of the day, I'm still happy that Caliban did that. That made him a hero at the end rather than the betraying asshole that he had been up to that point, which was understandable. And it's sure. not like he's really an asshole. It's just that's how I feel about it. Um, I, I mean, I mean, when the sun, if the sun is my enemy, uh, I feel like there's a lot of cards stacked against me already. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor, poor guy. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. I think I think we did the round robin. We did them all. Yeah. And I think I wanted to kind of pick up about about what's going on in this. Yeah. Sort of. In our show, what we like to do after we do this sort of thing is we usually have a couple questions. What those will usually do is draw us deeper either into something that we really enjoyed and want to expound on or deeper into the meaning of the movie. If there is one, maybe more about its themes. Um, Mike, do you want to talk about that at all? Yeah, sure. Well, I, I was watching it. Um, I was watching it again the second time. And I thought it was really cool to see. Uh, I mean, I thought it was very cool again. I thought it was cool the first time, cool the second time. Super cool. Super cool. Um, but the uh, the progression of uh, sort of the or the story of fatherhood um, in both uh, both fatherhood and sonship, kind of that that Logan encapsulates and sort of what he's going through uh, in this. I mean, we've got this brutal movie about about this mutant who's uh, trying to um, find his place in the in the universe, but the uh, the kind of the, the story the way it flows is, is that he he has he suddenly discovers he has a daughter um, and that's he doesn't want to accept that daughter because he's lost faith yeah he still believes he still loves his father father figure Professor X I mean mm -hmm. I think we all know that he's basically his his dad stand in yeah um. And uh, but what he's seen is that all of the things that he himself, Wolverine, has done for for, you know, hundreds of years kind of hasn't mattered. At least that's how it feels. The things that that Professor X stood for kind of haven't mattered. All the mutants are dead. The world is ending. The the bad guys are still on top. They won. They won. Yeah. And now he has a daughter who is the product of their experimentation wow. on him. Mm -hmm. Um, and he doesn't want to accept that, but it takes like, like almost he like metaphorically has to kill his father in order to discover that he, that, that fatherhood in himself. Mm. Um, yeah, it has, like to, his, it has to pass away from him. He can't, because yeah. like what, there was always the two handed thing that would happen where Logan would, if he was interacting with Lara at all, it would be yeah. in a disciplinary kind of way. Yeah. He would just be stern and gruff and Professor X was always the one that would be like, she's just a child. Yeah. Like, treat her nicely. Don't be such a dick. Like, come on. Like, treat your daughter well. And yeah. now that Professor X is gone and there's no one to do that, I think even Logan feels, and certainly the screenwriter does, that 
you, he needs to undergo a kind of change here. Yeah. And that, and he really does. Uh, once, once the other father is gone, the caring father, he has to now be both. Yeah. And just as he starts being both, he starts to like kind of crumble too. Right. Yeah. Immediately he starts to fall apart. <laughs> well, yeah. Like yeah. literally physically, like all of his wounds are, are really not healing. Yeah. 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 Um, Oh man. Yeah. Um, I also love, I also love his connection to Laura being a throwback to the 99 X-Men. Um, like he has this, uh, this moment where he's looking at the comics and he gets really sad because he sees himself saving rogue. Um, and the first time, the first time he, he met rogue was in the 90, in the 99 X-Men. That was, uh, she, she was in his car uh, and she claims to have saved his life. Um, And the moment of turnaround uh, in this movie comes when when Laura also tells Logan that she saved his life. And in fact, I don't even think she mentions she mentions it. He just acknowledges it and says thank you. Um, and then and then she wants to go be part of an X Men team, um, the thing that he thinks is hopeless and futile, right? The thing that he's never cared about because who cares? Everybody's gonna die anyway. Right. Um, it's all fake bullshit, as he says. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. It didn't. It happened, but not like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But still remembering those real feel the the real part of it, the part of it that he had with Rogue, where they had a, I guess, semi romantic, but ultimately brother sister kind of relationship, uh, like a true yeah. familial yeah. Kind of relationship, brother sister to father daughter almost. Was, yeah. Was, yeah. And I think that happens a lot to Logan too, because yeah. like we mentioned that he's been he's, alive for a long he's time. Hundreds of years old. I mean, he was older. <laughs> he's older than professor. X. And it's like 150 years. It is. It's like, like late, late 1800s. 1800s. Yeah. 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 At least but, but like he, he was the... around before professor X, yeah. right. And meets him when he's a young man. Yeah. And famously tells him to F off when he asked if he wants to join the X-Men. Like, no. uh, and now he's here sort of at the end of it. And yeah. The passing, I think, is really beautiful when it comes to when he finally, you know, dies at the end yeah. of the movie. Let's talk about that. Yeah. I just love that line. This is what it feels like. Because it could mean a lot of things. Dude. But I think maybe <laughs> primarily it just means, oh, this is it's nice to die. <laughs> and he smiles. Yeah. Like yeah. he has this smile. Like, oh. like it means other things too. I just I think yeah. that, that one maybe is isn't is in primacy because he's felt love yeah. before he's loved other people before and felt that back. He's not immune to love. This no. isn't the first time that's happened. And this isn't even the first but, time that he's had, he's had a father daughter kind of relationship with somebody, but it is the first time he's actually had a daughter. Yeah. And that, that's well, what's you know, about. I was thinking about that. Um, there's this at the, at the actually, no, is farm it? scene. Sorry. Go ahead. Well, well at the farm scene, I, I was kind of thinking about that. Um, what's his name? Professor X has uh, what's his name? Um, Professor X has like this weird line uh, where he says, you know, you can have that have you could have this, too. It's not too late. Yeah. I mm-hmm. thought that was kind of weird. That kind of came out of the blue for me. I wasn't sure where it came where it came from. But um, but I think that that's a lot of like w- one of the things that you're you're picking up there in that the the final lines that he says is like in whatever weird messed up way, because he's this killer, because he's he's this mutant and, and all this stuff that for him, what it means to be, to have a normal family is to sacrifice himself um, for, for his clone daughter um, in this, Whoa. this crazy way. And and that's a part of that. Like, I mean, it's, it's both like, this is what it feels like to die. Like, thank God. But it's also like, 
to have someone I want to give everything I have for and be able to give everything I have. Sure. He's and never been able to give everything he has. And He's never been able to give his life. That's literally what the family ends up doing for each other, right? Yeah. And for other people. Like they they <laughs> they're ready to kill for one another. Um and Logan, you know, you've seen glimmers of that in all the other movies, but it means so much more now because you realize that it's a hope that's not fleeting. Um it's, it's just never gonna go away. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That more whole last scene is so cool. Like the I whole, I mean, that final fight, the all of the the young mutants going going crazy and yeah, yeah. It, it it does have echoes of. So we Jesse had mentioned Shane and uh, actually as, as soon as this live broadcast is done, we're going to be continuing the conversation into a a full length episode. Generally, our episodes run between an hour and two hours, um, so forty five minutes. We just wanted to make sure we get uh, the meat of the discussion. And so if you want to hear more, we're going to continue it, um, specifically talking about the relation of Shane. <clears throat> and also about the relation of Westerns to superhero movies. But just to that point about the ending, the ending is very specifically a callback to The Cowboys, which is a 1972 John Wayne movie, also starring Bruce Stern. Um, and the death of John Wayne in that, as it always is when John Wayne dies in a movie, is shocking. Yeah. Uh, but it's also kind of funny because you can see the ego of John Wayne Bruce Stern empties an entire gun into him. He doesn't go down with just one bullet. He gets shot in every appendage and then dies. <laughs> That's what happens. It takes a while too. It does. Like, and and the whole time he's walking away, he's getting shot in the back because John Wayne doesn't get shot in the front. <laughs> you know, if you're going to kill John Wayne, you're inherently a coward. Uh, but there's a lot of imagery that's very much the same in that. There's a, there's a tree that features very heavily into the fight. The kids are standing by, kind of watching it. He's warning them away the whole time. Uh, and in the end, the bad guy kind of gets his, gets his way because John Wayne beats him fair, fair-handedly in a fight and then gets gunned down because of cheating, right? Mm -hmm. And in this one, it's very much like Boyd Hallbrook is trying to cheat, right? He's doing everything he can to help his little X-24 buddy out. Um, until finally those kids put a stop to that. Also, just like at the end of the Cowboys. And it's beautiful. Yeah. Honestly, I kind of wish, out of as gratuitous as the violence in this movie is, I kind of wish that death was a little longer. That guy really bothered me. Oh my gosh, <laughs> he was the worst. He he was terrible, but seeing the kids all standing over him was really terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh wow, this is kind of uncomfortable, but keep going, kids. But this is kind of uncomfortable. <laughs> They're like freezing him and squeezing him and shocking yeah. him and, and like blowing dirt at him. Or And that one kid is like, I don't know, spitting on him. I don't know all their powers. It's kind of vague. But, yeah. But they're all like seven to 12. Yeah. It's kind of. But you get the impression, rough. you get the impression that this is not, this is not new for them. No, no, no not yeah. at all. And this guy, especially through the video that we see through the nurse on the phone, yeah. this guy especially is bad, yeah. and they hate his guts. He is a bad dude. Yeah. yeah. Um, so before the the podcast ends, I could I just want to bring up the the final shot of the movie, which is Logan in the Earth, um, and the little kids are giving him a little funeral, and they erected a little cross, um, and then as Laura's leaving, she takes a cross and she tilts it. Obviously to make an X, but also I, I couldn't help but feel like it's like, you know, the cross, the symbol of the savior and Logan kind of was a savior, but he wasn't fully one, right? He was, yeah. he's a rage filled kind of murderous dude. 
a little tilted, but at the end of the day, he was still the hero. So he still has that semblance of, of a savior. Um, and somehow this rage-filled persona has a place in the earth um, along with everybody else and yeah. ends up being cool. kind of beautiful. It does, the, ex right. the existential crisis comes to a glorious end. The existential crisis. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Very nice. I know you just you laid it out there and you're waiting for it. To it, was, it was nice. I, I appreciate it. No, and it's a, it is a really good point because the traditional sort of superhero arc that we would see in a lot of these movies, uh, it can be feel very pat. Sometimes it can feel very cut and dried. You feel like you know where it's going to go before it, it even really like begins. And even though we all kind of knew that. Logan was going to die here. And we knew that this was the end of the road for Hugh Jackman. And we knew this is the end of the road for this incarnation of Wolverine as we have grown up to, to know and love. It felt nice that at kind of every turn where you kind of begin to lose some steam or enthusiasm, there's a little something to get you into it. Like uh, for instance, they know that then when they're slowing down to do the farmhouse scene in the middle and you're meeting this family and you're like, why are we doing this? There's enough going on. It like they get you interested with like the uh, the water rights dispute yeah. <laughs> that the farmer is having. Spend a lot of time on that. And they also talk about like the wheel, the, the driverless transport cars, and they talk yeah. about the driverless combines that are rolling through yeah. the fields. And like with this with this sideways cross, there's enough always happening that's just a little bit different than what you expected to really just keep you engaged. Yeah. Um, boy. Well, we got a lot more to say yeah. about this. Uh, Come listen on our podcast. Yeah, Jesse, can you throw up our, our banner on where we can find our links? Yeah. Uh, and yeah. before we end, though, don't we want to ask at least uh, one of our one of we our do. questions? Ask it. Yeah. So, guys, is this a dad movie? Absolutely. Absolutely. Ab absolutely. But I won't show it to my kids till they're at least a late teenager. Yeah, late teenager. That's for sure. <laughs> that's for sure. Not tomorrow. They're Not maybe, tomorrow. They're, or maybe they're children, be... small children. Maybe younger than will, the kids in this. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe this will be one of those like stumble uh, by themselves onto the movie at some point in the future, but I won't show it to them. That's also a possibility. Yeah, I think I think absolutely. I agree. Absolutely, you guys. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much for watching. Yes, and uh, joining us today on PodVCon. We're not your father's movies. I'm Mike. I'm Beto. I'm Jesse. Have a good night. <laughs> okay so so we just we just finished everyone just for everyone's clarification we just finished our our very first live stream uh that's actually an official episode we did we did an ama that you all might have heard i hope that you did and if you not probably didn't but you need to be at it. the next one you need to be at the next one and for those that showed up thank you it's, it's, it's really on, nice of you. Yeah, it's, it's nice to talk to it's people. It's on our Facebook group, back. if you care. It's it on is. our Facebook group, Not Your Father's Movies at notyourfathersmovies.facebook.notyourfathersmovies.com. <laughs> if you just go to Facebook and just randomly spam the words Not Your Father's Movies, you'll probably find it. Or you can just find the link in the show notes that we put there every single week for you to find. 
put it in the in, in like the first box. Don't put it in the search search button. Just just type it into the the, the box. <laughs> if if it says Multiple status times. updates, don't listen to it. Just just <laughs> status update. Not your father's movies. Um, it even works better if you link all of our social media platforms into that. <laughs> if the only thing you remember from this is that nyfmovies.com is what you should post in your status, I appreciate that. But we're coming off of our our whole thing. <laughs> that one was real, by the way. Just just to be clear, that one was real. Everything else was. It was clear. It was clear already. It was clear. I just wanted to be really clear. It's really clear. You can you can feel sort of the strain in our voice because <laughs> it was really fun going live. It was also really stressful uh, because we didn't know exactly how many people would be watching. We didn't know. We, there's no taking it back. When there you say it dozens. live, it's there. Dozens, literally of people dozens. Watch it. <laughs> there are literally dozens, dozens of us. Of us. Doesn't. But what happened? What happened when we did that? It was just so much nervousness, and we're talking about Logan, and that's just a really well-known movie, and we had a lot of thoughts about it. And it's like, how do you talk about Logan between three people and sort of hit the standards of the show in forty-five minutes? In forty-five minutes, and it's in live. Forty-five minutes. <laughs> when we've never ever put a time cap on ourselves, ever. <laughs> I, we have I, not. I it's one of our hallmarks. Yeah, one of our hallmarks is that we will keep talking as long as. We can. That's why we have episodes that vary wildly from like 50 minutes to like two hours and 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it, it depends. Can we say that much about 101 Dalmatians? We can say about an hour's worth. Can we say a lot about Spider-Man 2 or Spider-Man 3? Apparently we can. Or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Or Hunt. It. Absolutely. Or It. Or yeah. It. Yeah. Which are, it's weird that those are the long ones. But regardless. Uh, Feature not a bug. Exactly. We're here. We're talking. We're going to finish kind of our conversation about Logan. So what we hit in the live show, which is attached earlier to this episode that you're currently listening to. So you've already listened to it. I hope so. I hope you didn't just jump out. But what we sort of hit on was all of our major beats and we had to gloss over some stuff that we really wanted to circle back to specifically how the superhero genre is relating to the Western genre, which I think Jesse uh, had some thoughts about. I don't know, Jesse, did you have anything more to add that you had to cut short for time? I think I mentioned it more in my AMA last night rather than here. But like, so I've been thinking a lot about like superhero movies in general. And like, yeah, I think I mentioned it earlier, I guess in this broadcast about, um, about how I was against superhero movies for a time. I think there was like this slow realization that, I don't know, maybe people are just attracted to this sort of idea of an someone who's above the law coming into a town, saving the day and leaving. Um, because that's basically what um, some a lot of standard Westerns are. There's very clear divides between good guys and bad guys. Um, of course, I'm talking about like older Westerns, probably from 50s. Not, I don't really see that clear divide between good and bad so much anymore in modern Westerns. I think that's kind of what differentiates them. We're going yes. to get to that sometime. Um, mm. I'm sure. I'm sure we are. Mm. Um, but like we, um, I think there's like a kind of a craving in people to, to want that, that clear divide. And we we're getting that in superheroes. We're also getting the old West mentality of somebody who's on the side of the law, but you know, still working on their own terms to do the right thing. Of course. Um, and with Logan, I, I, there's like some very direct parallels, like Vito, you mentioned the Cowboys and then they very clearly referenced Shane. And it was kind of cool that like James Mangold seems to have 
recognized that same thing and just thrown it into this movie. And also, it, it this movie in particular, it almost feels like it's in a response to Shane. Like, I love the fact that the storyline of Shane is just a, uh, it's like a side point, right? It's like, there's this little side story going on, which, by the way, was a whole other movie that people really like. And I, I think it's fine. But, like, <laughs> it's so hilarious to me that this grand superhero movie uh, treats that as as something more minimal, um, but still something to really like shoot for and hope for. I guess that was a bunch of very rambling thoughts that I had about do, do that. Do you mean with like the, uh, I guess w- with it being sort of a side story, do you mean that it's pretty much just the, well, okay, here, here, I, I think I actually have a question. So I'm just formulating it. Sorry. Um, collating. I'm collating. Collating. Yeah. Well, no, but so like, I mean, dude, like the final lines of, of the movie are, um, are, uh, Laura X 23 saying, uh, you know, there's no more guns in the Valley. It's, it's a yeah. direct quote from Shane from the final lines of yeah. Shane because she, she watched it. it. Yeah. Cause she watched it. Yeah. Um, she watched it with, with professor X and she saw like this, this clear parallel between Wolverine and, and Shane. Um, and she, uh, she, uh, felt similar to the boy in that movie. But um, I mean, it's also kind of a, a weird, a weird parallel because I mean, it seems not, like there's a lot of guns left in the Valley. There's I, all these mutants. I, I, left. I think what it is. So uh, unless Jesse, yeah. you're going to leap in. You, you no, started it, yeah. I think, I think a lot of, she does recognize a parallel. It's not perfect, mm-hmm. which is why this is not it, Shane is more of like a, a, a companion piece. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, because it, it's cribbing a lot from a lot, but it's also having to be the Logan story. It's also cribbing from the old man Logan series. Like it's a lot of these things and it's none of them. Yeah. In it's, in it's yeah. entirety. And in being a lot of things and it being kind of like the end of Shane, there's a lot of parallels that aren't there though. Right. Like Shane is leaving because he has tainted this hometown existence, this innocence with the violence of his past, which he feels dogs him throughout everything. There's something doomed about him as a gunslinger. And there's something doomed about Wolverine, but he doesn't leave out of a sense of nobility. He leaves out of pure necessity of dying, right? The sacrifice had to be there. And there's also this interesting parallel that with the Cowboys too, of the rising up of a younger generation. Yeah. And there was a lot of talk at the time of like, is this a, is this an opportunity for Marvel to start like a new mutant sort of thing? Is that how we're backdooring our way into this? Is Daphne Keene going to be X-23 in her own set of movies? And that really didn't happen. And that really sucks because Daphne Keene's fantastic. Yeah. And she should be X-23. I I agree, but I kind of like that. I don't need to see any. I I, I liked this was it. I like just the idea wondering what happened to them. Um, Yeah. All right. Um, No, just real quick. So, Mike, you you would ask like what I meant um, by like the 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 Shane side story. And what I mean is like the whole farmhouse is like the the story of Shane encapsulated very quickly, um, except with the perverse ending of everybody dying. Um, Right. Like he, he gets in a fight with the landowner. The landowner even tries to come and bribe him back. um, But then everybody dies. Um, And he's still right. 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 Yeah. Um, But also like to, um, to the point of, of Laura and the little boy and Shane, like Shane, had an innocent little boy. The thing with Laura, she's not. She she's has killed. Yeah, she's um, a savage. Yeah. Um, 
But I think it's more, I, I think this is, it's almost like a response to it. Like what happens uh, like when there are innocent people who are not innocent anymore, they have killed um, and continue to kill. Um, I think she gains a, a sort of hope um, from Logan's example, right? That you can, you can be the gun. You can be the gunslinger. You can, you can kill, you can save, you can kill to save. And then that, that's uh, your sacrifice that you have to make. And then you leave the valley. Um, I think she's yeah. drawing, she's drawing hope because she's recognizing that she is the gunslinger and recognizing what her place in the world is. Uh, so that way she doesn't have to go through the same existential crisis that Logan is going through now. I think that that's, that's really, that's really true. And I pose that question more as like, I, I'm trying to understand better. Oh, what, sure. I was trying to understand better what you were saying, not to say that like, Oh, you know, this, this is exactly a parallel of shame. I think what both of you, you said really, really helped me with, with understanding that. I do think it is um, a little bit more than just like Shane is this part and the rest of it isn't. I don't, I don't know if that's what you're saying. I don't think that's what you're saying wholly because I do think that there's resonant aspects to it. Yeah. I mean, I think just, you know, just saying that yeah, that, that yeah. particular scene happened yeah. to be this, but it, the movie Shane is spread throughout and you can yeah. see yeah, it a lot. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. Like when, when he's in the, uh, in the house, like up in the, in the badlands of North Dakota or whatever, wherever, where it was supposed to be Eden. And, uh, he, he tells her like, you know, he, he's talking to her about like, if, when you kill someone, it leaves a mark. That's straight out of shame. Um, yeah. When you kill someone, it leaves a mark. And she says, "No, you know, like, like you're going to have to live with that. Yeah. Um, and uh, she says, well, they're all bad people. And then he says, you know, you still have to live with it. Like, yeah. it's still going to hurt you. And uh, at the end, dude, like his the last like words that he says to her, the last advice that he gives to her is, uh, you know, don't be what they made you. Which I thought was really, really, uh, it, it was, it was so beautiful. I mean, like, like this is, uh, I was watching it and I was like, is this a dad movie? Like, like, is this a movie about a dad? Mm -hmm. Um, and I felt like that's where it really became a movie about a dad in a lot of ways. I, I, I don't know. That's, yeah, that's kind of scratching, well, well, scratching. He, he, he fights, here, but... he fights that role so hard. Yes. Right. The whole movie. And, and, and. I mean, the entire X-Men series. I, I'm yeah. questioning this a little bit because, and I know a lot of people hate it, but I have a particular weak spot for X-Men Origins Wolverine. I don't think it's very good. Absolutely. But I have a lot of fond memories of, for instance, seeing that with my own dad yeah. and, and us talking about it later. And there, the girl who he's in love with, who, spoiler for this movie that everyone hates, uh, <laughs> dies quote unquote, <laughs> doesn't die and comes back later. And it turns out she was setting him up the whole time. Um, was there a kid in there? Am I remembering this wrong? Oof. Was there a kid conversation thing happening there? Man, I don't is remember. This I, is this digging too deep? That is <laughs> digging too deep, man. That's, I, that's digging into a movie that also goes into the movies we haven't seen in 10 years series, which we will do yeah. eventually. <laughs> Right. And also one of the most forgettable ones of those movies that we haven't seen in 10 years in a lot of ways. It's true. It's true. In a lot of I, 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 I also, yeah, like, I, I didn't, I didn't want to recant my point. I just like, that may be true. He's you such know, a lone, he's such a lone ranger, right? Oh, sorry, Jesse, go ahead before I go, go on. <laughs> just like I'm, you said that X-Men Origins was forgettable. It's funny. Cause like the only, 
like memories I have of that movie are like him fighting like the weirdest Deadpool you've ever seen, who has yeah. like samurai swords coming out of his arms, and then him <laughs> him slicing the open the bathroom thing. sink. Like oh, yeah. that's all I remember from this movie. <laughs> I, I remember the opening. The opening's the opening's really fantastic. Cool. Oh it's, yeah, it's so the, cool. the, the credit and, scene of them going yeah. through all the wars. Yeah. Well, and also, isn't the I remember reading in the comics like the first X Men Origins story, and when when Wolverine's a kid, and it's yeah. like this is so cool, yeah. and it's like in this really cool style too. And I think that's in the in the movie. Isn't well, because it? it starts out when they're like in almost like a like a southern mansion style. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, buddy. Go ahead. Oh, Liz wants to say hi. Say hi, Liz. Oh, say hi. Come, come hi. and say hi. <laughs> hi. What's up, them. Liz? Yeah, I guess she. It's okay. I want All to see right. your face. All right, they want to see you. Hi. Hey. How you doing? Yeah. She can't hear you. But... Can't hear you guys. Yeah. It's good to see you. I like your shirt, Vito. Thank Hi. you. Hi. This isn't sign language. <laughs> By the way, this is all going to be in the episode, the podcast episode. Normally, guys, we edit all of this out because stuff like this happens all the time. But we are considering this our live episode. So it's true. You have <laughs> it's all pleasure. Fine of hearing Liz. We love Liz. Liz is a favorite on the show. <laughs> Liz is great. Yeah. yeah, and she's not going to say anything more, so I guess we're... Uh... I can't hear what they're saying, so <laughs> I don't have true. anything to respond to. Just talk to yourself. We, we... Let's see. Vito's saying, they, they're saying it's okay. Finger guns. It's cool. You. They, I am they, here. They finger yes. gun you. Wait. <laughs> they're yeah. saying it's okay. It's okay. A-O-K. All right. Yes. So <laughs> getting back to X-Men okay. Origins or Logan. You know what? Vito, <laughs> you had a point about Logan. <laughs> um, Branching uh, off are we? the kid in X-Men Origins, that's why we brought that up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah that's right. No, it's just it's just that uh, in, in all of Wolverine's travels, he's always been kind of a Lone Ranger. He's always been painted as the guy who is always begrudgingly brought into the family, always not wanting to really participate, but kind of wanting to in the end, because otherwise he'd just flat out leave. And yeah. he has at different times, but he stays when it's important. He's, he's almost like more of an uncle than a dad at all yeah. times. Like he's there when it's important, but otherwise you might not see him for 10 years. Yeah. And I like that this movie forces him to kind of come to task oh, yeah. with, with what's happening. Like, especially with the death of professor X, the movie itself, the mechanics of the movie are pushing this character that we know that exists outside of the movie into this framework and says, you have to deal with it. It's almost like his whole story up until now has been like slowly pushing him into this sort of familial relationship. Dude, the fight scene, um, one of the scenes that I really love a lot is the fight scene outside of the uh, the abandoned warehouse or plant or whatever in, in Mexico. Yeah. Um, where uh, the, the bad guys show up. And like Wolverine is trying so hard to get out of there. Yeah. And he's like before it starts and he like drives to one gate and he drives to another. Logan, and, we mustn't forget yeah, about Laura. Yeah, Logan, exactly. we mustn't forget and, about and Laura. Logan, like, we mustn't forget to, about Laura. You need to take care of your kid. And Wolverine's like, I am not one tied down to family. I've been tied says, to as, you, as, old man. You he, fought my father figure. I can't let you go. I have to keep you alive. But I'm not going to take her. He's carting around this paralyzed nonagenarian <laughs> yeah. everywhere. And it's like, no, I not won't take care of the mutant. <laughs> yeah. The one who has claws and can kill people better than I can people. Kill of course, people he, he doesn't know that yet. Yeah. So, well, actually, 
Does he? I don't no, think he, he does. does. At a certain, no. he does try and run away again. Oh yeah, at a certain point, and does know that. But and just the like, way she can that fight scene's constructed, he keeps trying to get away, and it's just like the whole world is closing in and forcing him into like it's almost like a Stephen King book. The way like eleven twenty two sixty three. Yeah, the but, way, like time yeah. will not let him stop. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's like forcing him into being this father, and it's like all of his history has been like slowly been forcing him to this moment where he has to no longer be just like the son and the brother. He has to now pass on to the next generation. It's really, yeah. really like that. It's yeah. just like a really cool fight scene. Like the fight scene is freaking awesome. Yeah. It's good but scene. then the way that they use that to, to sort of show this thing that's happening to him, it's, it's like a ballet. It's so, it's I, I so love, well done. I love that idea of like all the other movies. He's a, he's a son or, or a brother because sons or brothers, like when you're sons, you're looking for guidance from somebody else. And when you're a brother, you're, you're going through the struggle with somebody else. Right. And now he's a father. Now he can't be questioning anymore. He has to know he has to be able to guide somebody else. He can't just support um, that's not enough anymore. Like he does support her and she resents him for it. Cause she's like, do you not care about me anymore? Whereas if you're a brother that works out. <laughs> um, yeah. And, but, uh, and then as a son, like he was always guided by professor X and he could always listen to what he's saying and always be resentful of it. Like one of my favorite lines from the movie is when he just looks at him is just like, he always talked about how like we, we were a uh, part of God's special plan, but I think we're God's mistake. Yeah. Um, yeah. A very sunline. It's very, it's it's very, very, very hyperbolic. Uh, I, but I also, think he means it. He does. And yeah. in, in the way that it's, it, this is why I wanted, to, I brought up in the live show about how he's actually so much older than Professor X, but emotionally, he's so deeply stunted. Um, it, like in that X Men Origins Wolverine movie, which is, which is, again, I want to state is not good, but that credit scene, which shows him going through the wars, you know, it seems that for, I don't know, 40 years, he had no emotional maturity at all. For 40 years of his life, he is just tearing through the next guy in front of him with no real thought because he's there with Sabretooth, who's his brother, who is just a complete animal, right? And then he sort of gains some kind of idea of humanity, which by the end of X-Men Origins Wolverine, he has been wiped of because his memory is wiped by the That's bullet right. to the head. And then he's kind of a Ronin, right? He's masterless. He wanders the wastelands trying to figure out where he fits. And there's all these, you see in the movies, all these reports of him being here and him being here. And we heard a story of you here. And he's brought into the fold of the school by Professor X, who he rebels against. And he really feels a lot of pull towards Magneto. But he loves Professor X. That's why he stays with him. And then once the school crumbles, he's out on his own again. And that's actually what James Mangold is kind of setting up in his previous movie, The Wolverine, is he gets involved with, with the triads, a new kind of family. And he falls in love with the girl who is sort of the heir apparent to it. And there's this flirtation again with, should I be a part of a family? But there's this war happening between multiple families trying to take over. And he eventually has to, has to just cut all ties and leave. He's still a freak. He's still an outcast and a mutant. And it's really beautiful sort of seeing these 18 years when this movie came out of character development actually pay off in a big way. Yeah. And also in a way that an individual movie for someone who has no experience with those movies can still appreciate. Yeah. And it was such a master stroke of, of writing, acting and directing all coming together into something that is pretty close as monumental of achievement. I would say as something like the Avengers, 
because you're taking this one guy and weaving him in and out of stories. And in the end, you're picking up on all those little threads and making them all make sense in yeah. two and a half hours. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh man. Um, I was thinking about this today. It's like, honestly, Logan operates like Endgame um, because it picks up with the heroes have, have lost. He has lost, right? It's the same thing, only he can't go back in time. What happens when you have messed up royally and there's no way of fixing it? There's nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is a it's like real life. <laughs> it's it's a far more interesting story, in my opinion. I'm like that is such a weird. It's well, it's only far more interesting if you give give it hope, which he's also somehow able to do in this movie. Like that is, I think that's a huge achievement. I think it's a huge achievement to like make this story to make a dark, depressing world, but always show the light. Beware um, the light. Yeah. Beware. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. And it's so like, like empathetic towards the characters, man. And like, yeah. like, like you said, like picking up on all these like points of, of who these people are. And, and like, like I said uh, previously, you know, that scene where we see Wolverine and, and, uh, and Professor X together, it's just like all the, we've had like ha- countless hours of these people doing things that most of it isn't all that important finally. But it's like all of the important things about both of their lives that we've seen are just like here. And what yeah. do we do now? Well, I also I also love that every other super uh, X-Men movie, it's like it's like Wolverine trying to save the world, trying to save New York City, trying to save all humans, trying to save all mutants, trying to save the X-Men. Um, and he's failed now. Um and we, we don't have that. We don't we don't have him trying to save everybody. We have him try to save two people. And he fails one of them. He dies. And now he's stuck and left with one, and that leads to twelve more, and that's it. That's what you can say is all what's ultimately at stake in in practical terms, just in practical terms, uh, are these like twelve individuals. But it seems like this movie has something grander at stake, which is Hope in general, like can somebody in the most hopeless situation imaginable for them actually turn out okay, actually have and attain the thing that they're hoping for, that they are not even sure it is possible. That's, that's why I, that's why I love this movie. That's why I think the movie is beautiful. It's like the action is, is it's fun. It's fun because I finally care about the character and I care what the character is doing and realize the action has implications on what, could happen uh rather than just being mindless fists thrown um but i I think at the end i I see a lot of beauty in this and that's why i love this movie so much i think that beauty is there uh and i think that we've i think that we have done it justice i i i I saved i I didn't do it in the live show (laughs) i i have a couple of problems i just have a couple and they're not major and i do love this movie um I think it's too long. And I think that part of that is due to the length and number of the action scenes. Uh, huh, I, I don't think yeah. that a lot of, especially the farmhouse fight, I don't think it needs to be that long. And the, ch- the chase scene, although I do like the first half of the, of the, the factory, abandoned factory in the desert scene, 
It goes what, on real long. It it keeps going, and I'm not really certain what we're what more we're we're getting out of this. Um, yeah, I okay, I uh, I agree with you on the farmhouse, but I actually do think there's some stuff that we're supposed to get from the length of factory I, I know you you brought that up already. yeah you, you did you well did. not just that but there's, there's more there's well more specifically too, but, what i'm having an issue with is i understand that he's running from his daughter and everything but especially when he tries to to leave in the the limo and go through the fence and for some reason this fence is just the <laughs> damnedest strongest fence in the world that this thing this limo that he's driving crashes through everything but this fence is apparently made out of whatever Mr. Fantastic is made out of. It is so stretchy and so bendy. It's like if Mr. Fantastic and Mrs. Incredible were combined into one fence and he just can't get through it. And then there's this whole thing where he has to turn around and go back. And I don't know. There's just moments where I'm going like, all right, this is like two hours and 20 minutes long. I know it has to be big. I know it has to be like really big. But I saw a lot of places where I, for one, was just losing interest. I like this has been going on for a long time. I love a long action scene, but some of them just felt just long to be long. And I wasn't seeing something new, I guess. I didn't see why it had to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. And I wish they'd give me a reason to see that. Yeah. I thought there was like a good reason for the for the fence, actually. Like I, I, I think that you had told me that before I watched it the second time and I was looking, I was like, why is that fence thing in there? Like I remembered it because it's like this cool thing with the guys are jumping on it and yeah, it's it's cool. Um, but, uh, I feel like what we keep seeing is like, uh, Logan is being confronted with the, uh, the, with reality in like such an intimate way. Like he, you can't, you don't drive cars through fences. Like fences actually do work. I feel like a lot a of, lot of a time. lot of action movies show cars driving through fences. Yeah. But like, I don't think that it works yeah. that well most of the time. I mean, I've never tried it. Have you? I, I, I at least feel like the fence would probably <laughs> kind of like just eventually would would because it's being stretched would get thinner and then would eventually just sort of like go over. Yeah, but I think like the way I I don't want to argue about I, like I think I think, yeah. I think you're right. I think I think for for a Jeep or something that would work. But for an average limo, I'm not sure if it could actually functionally do that. Again, that that the whole fence thing seemed to be like, oh, in every other superhero movie course you would just burst through the fence and this one we're not yeah but but then he does coincidentally somehow manage to get out in front of the train that's a thousand yeah, it's miles cowboy. long it's the cowboy thing but it it's didn't cowboy but thing. it didn't work here and it works here this is a minor quibble of yeah. just saying like i i just I, find, I, I find some of the things that are happening inconsistent i will cede that to you i it worked for me. Didn't work for you. I think that's. Yeah, it worked for I, me the first I, four times. <laughs> I I agree with you. I agree with you that the movie is not perfect, and there's lots to there's lots to to fault it at for. But I I don't think the fence thing is is the thing. Um, it, it's just an, also, it's just an example. Also, yeah. the farmhouse. Um, I love the farmhouse. I even love the fight scene, and I, the reason why I love the fight scene is a lots of things are happening there. When well, 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 real, real quick, real quick. Real quick, sorry. Which, which the, part the, of the, it? Yeah, I don't mind Wolverine versus X twenty four. You need to show that he is as invincible as as previous Wolverine was. You need to show that he has all the capabilities the previous Wolverine did. The animal ferocity, the savagery. This is like it's it's Wolverine when he's one hundred and twenty versus Wolverine when he's 20. twenty. 
And you need to show that. You need to show this blind savagery and invincibility. He's the Terminator with claws and rage, right? And I'm fine with that. It's just how long it takes him to butcher all those dudes that drive up to the house. And then the the weird, like really elongated back and forth of Richard E. Grant ineffectually trying to control him, Boyd Hallberg not going out to talk to him. Like there's just a lot of business that's happening that really slows this the pace of this scene down. And really the pace should be nightmarish and breakneck. You need to see him ripping through these guys fast. And really it's like, they it feels like they brought like 30 dudes. And this, this weapon is taking a really long time dispatching them so that there's enough time for Wolverine to have a conversation with dying Professor X and also so that Caliban can have a, an about face and do something different. And I'm just like, it's just a lot of business crammed in really fast. Yeah. And it just, it just needs to be just like tighter. And that's something that just really took me out. Again, I've seen this movie a lot and it's only in the recent viewings. I'm kind of going, I, I, I feel the, the shaggy pieces. And I'm kind of like, I just, I, this is what stops it from being a five star or a four and a half star, which is where I was at when I first saw it is just the repeated viewings have sort of slowly made me have less patience. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I still like, I still like the length of the farmhouse. I get what you're saying in, in principle, but not about that. Um, I, I don't know. I just, <laughs> I, fair enough. I, I, I buy into it completely. Um, okay. I, well, I felt a little frustrated with, with that scene, um, kind of in the reverse though. I mean, I, 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 I did feel frustrated. It I wasn't thought, long enough. I, well, no, <laughs> that's what the reverse is. <laughs> I realized that's what I said. I don't exactly mean that. I, I felt the same sort of frustration about X, X24 is like killing the, the dudes because like, I'm pretty sure he killed them all off like three times. I, it felt um, like it. That's why yeah. I said, that's why I said like, he had to have brought like 30 guys yeah. for no, there they're, to be that many guys yeah. that died. But I mean, like there's, there's some weird things that like, so I felt like it was Rush when Professor X dies, when he actually dies. Not, not like he has this whole, whole speech, which is very slow. Before he gets stabbed. Before he gets stabbed. But then he gets stabbed and just goes, boom, crazy. Like, I don't have time to be like, whoa, if they had just given me a couple more seconds to deal with that. It um, it sounds like we have issues with just the pacing overall. Yeah. The pacing of that scene overall. And then also there's like kind of a weird symbolism um, going on that it, the symbolism is there, uh, maybe unintentionally, but um, the reason why X-23 gets saved is because Wolverine pissed off the farmers and sort of like, like, it's just, it's just this weird, I, I don't know. I don't know. Did you feel that at all? Like it, it, he pissed it, them off by being like a hothead mm-hmm. and like ends up well, screwing. Well, well he, he broke the boss's nose. Yeah. And disarmed him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then the reason why she's saved is because of this good deed that he did, but also because instead of saving the little girl, he goes to save professor X. I don't know. It's just like, well, he's, this weird. he's not, he's, it, it, it does seem weird, but then trying to put myself in Logan's headspace, um, there's a man dying up here. That's, that's a paraplegic. He's yeah. ancient and he doesn't know his, his what's going on with him. And so instead of starting a fight immediately with this weird clone, which is also, this is not the first time that Wolverine has faced himself in an X-Men movie. This has mm-hmm. happened like at least twice, I think. Yeah. Um, and so he's not quite used to this, but it's happened before. That's and true. he also knows that X-23, Laura, is more than capable of handling herself. Yeah, and fair. so I feel like there was, there was almost like a triage thing that happened there. He was like, you know what? 
this can wait for a little bit while I go figure out what's going on with my dementia addled father figure who's paralyzed and ancient. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's what I thought was happening there. Yeah. I, I don't think so. I think, I think it really is like, he just made a moral choice and he, I think he made the wrong one. Um, yeah. I think he's just like, Oh, uh, the girl, my, maybe my daughter, she's captured, but my dad's up there. I'm going to go with my dad. Um, that, I don't think it's that. I don't think he's that that emotional about it. Yeah, well, that's that's the point, though. He's not that emotional about it. He should be emotional about his daughter being kidnapped, um, and she can't do anything right now. Like that dude is him. He is bigger. He is stronger. I think he gets that. He does like a double take and looks. I think he's he like, sizes oh, him up pretty again. well. Yeah, and he has so little emotion for Laura being kidnapped. He just looks and says, "I don't care." I, I, I don't yeah. even want to, it's funny, I'm coming to the defense of, yeah. of this guy, because I thought you guys would be defending him more, but I, we might even be at a point where we need to just move on yeah. and we can't argue mm-hmm. this, but uh, I, I don't, I, I'm at least saying, I, I think that he has a lot of faith in Laura's abilities because he saw her decimate. He, she killed more people than he did. That's true. In the, in this, in the abandoned yeah. factory scene. She's an animal and yeah, she's, she's restrained here, but he's been restrained before and he's found his way out. And I think, I think from my viewing that he has a little bit of trust in her abilities as an animal. Uh, Yeah, that might be the case. I I think, I think we can all agree though, that, that it does seem like the pacing in this scene is a little weird. Things are a little bit off with it. Um, While it's also still a a cool, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. Maybe we can't all agree. Vito and I agree. I, 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 Um, we we agree, but we still, we still like, I know. This is weird. I know. Hey, hey, (laughs) high five. Yeah. Yeah. Did you hear that? Okay. I I said earlier, this is my favorite scene. So I'm going to have to defend it. Um, Well, I, I, I I love, I love the messiness of it. I love them because it, it feels like, it feels like when somebody dies, that is going to be sudden. He's not going to say the most perfect thing imaginable. He just says, um, what's the sun tracker, right? And then he dies. Yeah. Sunseeker, um, yeah. Sunseeker. Um, yeah. Yeah, like nothing about this is a perfect farewell for Professor X. Nothing about this. I, and like I said, I don't I don't think it's, I, I think that is a crazy moral choice that, that, Lo, that Logan makes in that scene. And by the, I just want to say the reason why I was thinking that is based off of everything we've been talking about earlier with him not being able to really establish a connection with his daughter until his dad is dead. Sure. Sure. Until Charles is dead because he's so pulled, all of his being is sucked into him so that even at this crucial moment when it's either him or her, he's choosing him just, I, I, th- as, I think there's as, great as long and he will keep doing that as long as he, uh, professor X is still alive. I, I think, I think there's great reasons to believe either side. I think this is a true, uh, a true differing readings of something. And I would have also appreciated that if in this scene, there was more of a pull towards one side or the other. I wish it was less ambiguous and more clear because I don't see how the movie is aided by its, by this scene's ambiguity. And I can only see how it would be aided by it being more clear. Uh, that, and that, that is uh, just one of my issues. So like when it comes to like superhero movies, I'm not going to sit here and nitpick. Like, I don't think this thing works. I don't think this thing works. But as we're talking about it, I think that there is an issue with how one can read this scene that if there had been a little bit more work, that issue just wouldn't exist. Um, if there had been more of a, an intentionality, something to give, like for instance, Mike and I, an ability to say, 
uh, not have an issue with pacing or not have an issue with this choice or anything, and also give you the answer of, is this truly clearly him going after his dad? And I just don't think that is here. Clearly it's not here, right? There's a division clearly. Um, so, okay, let's move on. Yeah. Let's move on. I say uh, let's no, move on. Let's move okay. on through just, just one note. The, oh my gosh. The way, the way that, <laughs> that, no, dude, the, the farmer, like he, uh, he, oh, the farmer. he, yeah. he kills X24, uh, doesn't kill him. Spoiler. He hits him with the truck. And then he, well, he hits him and with the truck and then he shoots him with a shotgun. He like blows his face off and then he turns around to kill Wolverine. Like he, he turns around to kill Logan. Like that is just so, and, and Logan's just like, just do it, man. Just do oh. it. Like, and you know that if he got shot point blank like that, he'd be dead now. And also to, to turn that back to Shane, right. Uh, to the movie Shane, um, there is this huge fight that Shane gets in with the guy that he's staying with because Shane wants to be the guy to go down and kill the bad guy. And he won't let the dad do it. Right. He does. He wants to be the gun for the guy who wants to be the gun because he knows that uh, to kill somebody really messes you up. And this is, this is like the reversal where like the guy, the, the dad in this movie becomes, he becomes a gun. He becomes a killer as well. Um, ah, and that's even though Logan tried to prevent, again, this is like the futility of Logan's existence. He pointedly tried to do that earlier by breaking the, the farmer man's nose the big boss man's nose um, and still still in his feudal existence this guy took his last bet breath trying to kill Logan it's tragic um, it was it was kind of gut-wrenchingly sad yeah That's just, I it, feel so hard. many emotions in this entire scene in this sequence yeah. that yeah I, I do too. I just think it's it's a little messy but like that's that's such a cool yeah I thought that was really cool. Really, really cool. I think. I think maybe because I think we should wrap it. We should wrap this. Yeah. Um, oh. And but but just to say, in the end here, um, despite problems, I do still really like this movie, and I'm not here to to nitpick. I, I try and only bring up a criticism when I feel it's uh, necessary to my understanding of the movie, and and when we talk about future superhero movies. Uh, I'm not going to be the guy, that asshole, in every podcast that you hear about superhero movies. Like, well, I just didn't really find it believable when they use their powers this way and not that way. I mean, I'll say it if I see it, but I'm not going to be <laughs> looking for it. You know, like I love superhero movies. I love these things. Um, um, could I could I just say that one thing that bothered me um, is the boob flashing scene earlier. Oh, yeah. I, I don't or like the that. beginning. It, it was doesn't just make like, any sense. It was like, oh, we're a rated R movie. We got to have boobs in here. It's yeah, we're contractually nice. obliged to have this. Here you yeah. go, Logan. Here's some boobs. It, it it was it was really jarring, even in the theaters when I saw it, and it it was it was kind of sad because like nudity has its place in art, and the place it has is not here. <laughs> it's not in this scene. It's not in this way. It it feels excessive and needless and gratuitous and not good and bad and other adjectives. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> Lots of other adjectives. I really I, hate I, it. I have no positive adjectives to describe the nudity in this movie. And like I said, it has its place and its place is not here. And it actually, it kind of prevents me in some ways from showing this to kids like a little bit earlier at all. Cause I gotta be like, Hey, there's a weird, there's weird, unnecessary nudity here. 
Yeah. I, I don't know what to say. It's like, but they're like, we got the R, we got the gore, we got the F words, we got the boobs, we got it all. And you're like, yeah. why do you need it all? Why do you yeah, need that's it all? It, 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 gore and the F words. It really just felt like they were just trying, they had a checklist of like, well, we got to throw in all the rated R stuff. So got to make sure that's in there. Um yeah, why, why, why is it? Why isn't? Why isn't like? Oh, they have the drug use too because you used all the medicine. Like they already have the drug stuff covered, right? Because because Wolverine like basically ODs on yeah. the the medication, and it's just hitting every reason why a movie could be rated R. And I'm not here for that. I'm just here to see the character fully shown. And if there was a conceivable use for nudity that made sense, I would be fine with that. Something that led yeah. to the character or the growth of the story, but. It's in fact that would actually be more brave than what's here, uh, because Again, we haven't really seen that in a superhero movie, like a use of nudity as something important. And it's yeah. it's important. We've seen it in Watchmen, but you know, Blue Dong. Eh. I don't know. Yeah, that, that, that was weird. Um, <laughs> and was here, weird. I don't know. It really does feel like like the the studio forced them to do it. That's what it feels like to me. I hope that's actually the case. I haven't looked into it. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if anyone said anything about it because it's so fast. It's like it's blinking. You miss it. Yeah. Which makes it all the worse, actually. Because it's so unnecessary. Yeah. It feels well, like actually what, like like, lead, like no, leading to a different okay. conversation. It, it feels like in uh, so Valley Girl. OK. Oh, no, no. <laughs> it all leads back to Valley Girl. Oh, for not Nicholas Cage. <laughs> no, but it was supposed to be a little exploitation movie that was supposed to be made by a male director that was just supposed to show like a lot of skin. It's like a teen sex comedy. And when it eventually got a female director, she tried to work with the producers and say, like, I just want to make sure if we're going to do nudity that it, it, it has a reason for being here. And that was kind of cool. There was something about the intentionality of that that is not here because this feels random. <laughs> I, I wow! I you are using words to describe Valley Girl that I would never use, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> namely intentional. Um, <laughs> well, so I can get off the Valley Girl. Let's, train. let's get off this train. I kind of feel like like we we've said we're spinning we, our wheels. We, we've expressed how frustrated we are about the nudity in this movie. Vito has expressed so that he loves Valley it's Girl. So brief. But how cool is it that Logan is like a limo driver? Like it's not what? cool. It's really sad. It's it's really sad, but it's also cool. He's the man in black, man. He's but then like like they use you, a funeral are, are to in, get are you to get it going. saying that he's like he's Johnny Cash? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it ends with that. I, I, how is he going to play the guitar strings? Like he has the claws. It, he's going to go like, Grang, and they're all going to cut <laughs> every time. <laughs> well, exactly. No, but dude. Okay. So, so how cool is it though? Like every single superhero movie or not every single one I'm overstating, but a lot of them end with the funeral, right? Yeah. This one we, also we did, does we did three movies where it all ended. Yeah. Like a, every Spider-Man yeah. that's like pretty classic. Like someone has had to die. You've had to have, you ha you've had to pay a great price to get, you know, the, the, to get to return home, having changed with great ability um, comes great responsibility. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Um, but, uh, but it's so cool how this kind of all gets kicked off with him at a funeral as a limo driver. Like he's not there attending. He's a limo driver getting drunk in the rain. Um, and then, uh, this lady shows up. I thought that that was really, that was just, it was neat. It was neat. It was, it was neat. I it thought was it was neat. cool. It was neat. Honestly, I, I like this. I like how the movie has a lot of really neat things. Like, yeah, 
it, it even has like meta commentary on comic books, which it's like, yeah. <laughs> it I, does. I think this happened before. I can't, I can't remember where, but I know I've seen that before. Um, but like, Oh, now, now I just like had a brain fart trying to think of any anything else. Where it's okay. Don't don't Whatever. don't think about it. It does. This movie does that, and um, and and I love how how it starts out as like, oh, this is all fake bullshit. Um, but what it becomes is like because everybody decided to believe it, it be, it comes true. <laughs> um, yeah. because everybody's found something in there, something they can relate to, something that is good. They um they attached to that and that was their meeting place. That was their, the beginning of their Eden. At least they hope because you realize that that might also be, be in vain too. Who knows? Who knows about those people's stories, but you have hope that they, they continue to thrive. Um, man, I, I love that idea of like a superhero movie talk that is quintessentially about hope using comics as a vehicle for hope in this movie. Man, <laughs> that's really, that's that's just really cool. There's a bunch of really cool things like that in here that I love. For sure. For sure. And it's uh it is one of the best comic book movies and actually only the fifth that we've ever covered, uh, which is kind of surprising, but you know, listeners out there, we have comic stuff planned. You know, we have yeah. wide ranging tastes that are it's outside of just Spider-Man. It's not just Spider-Man. <laughs> we like other superheroes, specifically Wolverine. Marvel superheroes. Apparently, uh, Unlike most people out there, we like superheroes. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> what, what we're doing, though, is we're trying to kind of step in where it seems like there's a gap in conversation. We're trying to step in where it seems like there's something really unique that we can say. So you might be clamoring and champing at the bit for us to talk about Captain America or talk about uh, Infinity War. And those things will come at a certain point. But right now, we're just trying to tell you where our focus is. And if that seems confusing at times, that's okay because we're also confused. We're trying to talk about dad movies and we're trying to figure out what that means going forward. That's actually kind of the podcast is us having this ongoing discussion about the things that we are slotting into these spots. And one of those spots is proudly, even, even for me who has some issues with the movie as a movie, uh, it's proudly given to Logan. This is a really good example of a comic book movie uh, that has transcended its genre and turned into something that that's very special. And we're very, very happy to talk about it tonight on our live stream and also in this second half that we've recorded afterwards. Um, so thank you everyone very much for, for joining us. This was like, we've been building up to this for a long time. There's a lot of nerves, a lot of discussion about how we're going to do this. Mm -hmm. And we were just happy to have done it. And I, I think I've done it justice. Yeah, yeah um, we have. We've 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 talked about what we didn't like. We talked about mostly what we did like, mm -hmm. and uh, I feel like that was mostly fitting. We never even really talked to, about the gore that much, or most of the fight scenes, which are a majority of this movie and what a lot of people really like. But it's funny that I we mean, didn't even touch like we talked I mean, on it. it. I mean, it's it's a fight scene. Like if if you want to hear us geek out about every hit and every punch, maybe there's like space for a commentary at some point, or maybe a space for a, a place where we specifically talk about that. But you know, I'm just not I'm just not that into showing my kids like super clips of awesome fights. That's just not what I'm here to do. I, I don't really want to show them the scene where uh, where she throws a head 
It's pretty funny. (laughs) (laughs) I laughed at that, which made me feel bad about myself as a human, but I didn't feel bad. I I felt, I felt very affirmed in what I liked. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Well, from not your father's movies, uh, I think we're going to draw it to a close. Uh, we are going to be putting this into our loners uh, and outcasts, loners and outcasts outcasts. series. We hadn't planned it that way, but through scheduling, it just seems to fit. Yeah. And so here it is. It's going to interrupt our actually planned series and it's going to exist here because it has a spot and we are really proud to give Logan a place here. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. He belongs in the loner outcasts. He's, he's found his spot. It's with not belongs to us. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, for all of us here, I'm Vito. I'm Mike. I'm Jesse. Have a good night. Good night.